0: Hey, kid. Sloppy Gwarvember.
1: Yay! I love Guar. You ready to talk some movies, Brennan? Yeah, okay. Well, let's go!
0: Hey, welcome to the Corrupted Youth Podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Brennan. We're a father and son duo that explores the latest blockbusters, classic genre films, and the schlockiest of golden age VHS rental store flicks in spoiler heavy fashion. And we've got a special treat for y'all this month. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a huge Guar fan. You are. We are. We are. Yeah, well, you are because. Because you are. Yes, because I totally corrupted your youth.
1: Mm-hmm. hey roll credits that's it that's yep. all we needed
0: yep that's it this podcast is done oh what'd you drink in there
1: uh ice cold beer oh <laughs> no that's pepsi uh
0: yeah but i am a huge Guar fan i have been since high school and i've obviously passed that down to my children so for like almost the last 20 years i've been celebrating guarvember which is the entire month of November only the general rule is that the only music I can play is Guar. Now, over the years, it's gotten extremely tough and it also kind of burns me out on Guar a little bit to yeah. the point where I'm not as enthusiastic to listen to them the other 11 months of the year. So, this year is the start of me just going, Well, I'm going to do it while maybe I'm driving places or Whatever. And I have I've had it where I can play other things if other people want me to play music. hmm So I'm not I've really loosened up on that in like the last decade.
1: Which seems a lot more reasonable than only listening to Guar.
0: But also at the same time, right now there's more Guar music available than there ever
1: has that been. That is very true, yeah. I
0: mean, especially since they came out with a new album this year. Go out and buy it. <laughs>
1: Are you promoting Guar? <laughs> I'll promote Guar. We are promoting Guar. Hear that, sleazy? Free <laughs> advertisement.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, it's also my birthday month. And my wife, Brennan's mom, has really been kind of wanting us to do this for a long time for some reason. Yeah. And we always kind of put it off. And I kind of didn't want to do it because we do have a no comedy unwritten rule on mm-hmm, the podcast mm-hmm. where things have dipped into comedy, though. For sure. Yes. I mean, absolutely. But I would say this does qualify as just a comedy.
1: Yeah, I would say so, too.
0: Because for all the awful things that are said, none of it, the the intent of being just mean-spirited is not there. Yeah. And it gets into some pretty, there's some pretty tough things if you're a little sensitive. So I guess we'll just throw that out there, too. Not going to be safe for work.
1: Yeah. No kids allowed. <laughs> the grown ups talking now <laughs> i'm nineteen I'm an adult. I can watch it
0: <laughs> that's true too mm-hmm. and uh speaking of which this is your first time it is having seen it yes, and uh my history goes way back but mm. um yeah, so what we are covering is guar's nineteen ninety four skull head face it's a uh, about an hour long it's, it's on a, youtube it's on YouTube yeah, just go check it out on youtube um yeah. So interestingly enough, I mean, there's a lot of my history that's going to come out on here more than anything else. But around when I watched this the most is when I was your age. Mm. I was, I turned 19 and this is around that time when I was watching it. Young Dan.
1: Oh, did you have long hair back then? Was that long hair, Dan? No,
0: not really. I think I had just recently cut it kind of short and was growing it out. and it might have been dyed black at the time nice because uh my roommate and i were going to start our own horror punk band called them (laughs) which there already is a band called them but yeah
1: that's great um yeah you want to know where that went where did it go nowhere nice absolutely nowhere well seeing as i have an artist dad and not a punk rock dad (laughs) I think I saw that one coming.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, as far as uh, IMDB info goes, uh, not a whole lot there. I can imagine. Um, Let's just kind of go over it super quick, I guess. Um, There's not an official synopsis for this. Somebody wrote one, but it's probably better written than whatever we're going to (laughs) explain on here. So (laughs) We're just going to skip over that. Um, It was directed by Melanie Mandel. Mandel? i don't know um the writers are dave brocky don Drkulich, and hunter jackson i guess they're personal slaves of guar so guar probably forced them right to write this yeah. because yeah. guar is for real guar is real guar is absolutely real
1: this is a documentary actually
0: <laughs> more or less um it does have uh the only real notable stars in this, other than Guar themselves, are uh, Sebastian Bach from the band Skid Row, which I absolutely don't <sighs> like, <laughs> and um, the the infamous Jello Biafra from the Dead Kennedys, and
1: much much else after that. But the Skid Row dongle fans out there are just screaming
0: no! <laughs> they probably don't even know this exists. <laughs> <laughs> he did, he, he was uh, uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in, like Broadway or something. Man, that would just be awful. That would be awful. And I think, this is just me coming off the top of my head, I think that role was also done by um, David Hasselhoff. What? Yeah. So obviously, much diminishing returns in either direction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there is also no trailer for this that I'm aware of. And I'm not even going to bother to look one up. So if there is, oops. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so my history with this is uh, my roommate, Guy, that was his actual name. Guy. Yeah. It's weird. I know two people named Guy, right? Yeah. And they both have the same tattoo and have never met each other.
1: Weird. Did you know that there was an original Guy? The reason why we say Guy so much, like, hey, Uh what's up, guys? There was an original Guy. Yeah. Yeah. And he tried to blow up British Parliament and failed. And then people just throw celebrations oh, for him. Guy
0: Fox. Yeah. <laughs> also, November connection. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. You know the whole saying, right? What? What no, I don't know the saying. Was it remember, remember the fifth of November? Blah blah blah. Whatever. It's <laughs> all no. about Guy Fox.
1: No, I grew up in the early two thousands. We didn't we didn't talk about Guy Fox. <laughs>
0: So the guys I know, the literal guys, yeah, <laughs> each had the word pout tattooed on the inside of their lips. If they pull it down, it says pout. What a
1: random tattoo. Right. It, it's, it's extremely
0: random. And they did not know each other. They did not even know the other one existed or had that tattoo. Fascinating. It's kind of weird. But anyway, first guy I knew, we were roommates at the time. We lived in a house. With um, ooh, I think at one point in time there was six of us living in this house. Jeez. and I was the only one who did not have a cat. Oh, and nobody took care of those
1: cats. That's tough.
0: Yeah, it was it was gross. I bet. It was extremely gross. I don't recommend. Yeah, if anyone's thinking of living that lifestyle. No.
1: Now you live with what three other guys? I do. Yeah. Not too bad, is it? It's great. You guys are clean, I'm sure. We clean every Sunday. We deep clean. We have a rotation for it and everything. We're on top of things. I mean, they're all smart UW students, so so they're they're all good kids. They we don't have any pets. And if we did, we would treat them right.
0: <laughs> Guy and I knew each other from school. And um I pretty much knew everybody from school, but he's one of the only real players in this because he owned Skullhead Face. Mm. He bought it. And it was on constant rotation in our place. Like we were always watching it. People would come over and we'd be like, you have to watch this, <laughs> check this out. And so it was like a, it was like a, it was a party favor. Yeah. You know, you came over, you watched it. And eventually, because there was only, um, one TV in our place, which was owned by one of the roommates who we, co- we all called them Trog. <laughs> Okay, and man, he was a trog this dude <laughs> this dude was so bad. I don't even care if he's hears this. I don't care, uh, so yeah, he had the the one t v and he eventually just moved it into his room, and Trog never had a job the whole time that we all lived together for a few months, and Trog was getting money from his parents. Of course. And he was from way way up north, um like uh Hurley, Wisconsin, that area far away, very far north. And he would disappear all the time to go by his parents. And we would just break into his room and watch TV <laughs> and play video games on it, and whatever. There was also some other dumb things that Trog did that I will not discuss <laughs> on here, but basically uh Trog also did not Pay any of the bills he claimed to be paying because we had to give our money to him to pay some bills. And the Guy ended up with like an outrageous phone bill and all this other crap. So he was not a very good person. And once you know it, Skullhead face did disappear. Where did it go? We all assumed it was Trog. Cut to probably about mm, close to 20 years ago, maybe a little less. Let's say 19 because it's a we're P. working with some yeah. 19s here. So, a friend and I had a tattoo shop together, and he and his friends had moved down to the area where I was living. It was interesting because I think I had mentioned Trog to him one day, and Brandon was like, Oh, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> and they apparently had watched Skullhead face a bunch too oh so I started piecing it together like wait a second and come to find out that yeah Trog they knew Trog and Trog was pulling the same kind of crap to those guys up uh. there so and so they had gone to his parents place beat him up nice <laughs> Took a bunch of his stuff, and one of the things was the Skullhead face video. Oh. So my friend Jeff was in possession of it. And so I had asked if I could get that back and return it to Guy. And it was agreed that, yes, it should go to its rightful owner. Nice. So I did return it to Guy.
1: What was Guy's reaction?
0: It blew his mind. I bet. (laughs) Because it was the copy.
1: That's incredible. Yeah,
0: that's kind of a crazy story
1: yeah all for this hour-long guar (laughs) movie
0: but that's my history with the movie i do have a copy of it on vhs unopened my brother bought it for me wow
1: you should get that signed
0: (laughs) no i'll have to take that shrink wrap off sign the
1: shrink wrap (laughs) that's a cool story that is pretty fun yeah
0: i mean the fact that years later i was able to come across it. Yeah,
1: and Trog, what a character. Yeah. Trog sounds like a guar character. (laughs) Ugh. Trog.
0: Not a cool guy. Don't be a trog, dongles. Yeah. This is a hard one to uh kind of go over. Yeah. Um there's a lot of parody commercials. I shouldn't say a lot. There's a couple of them sprinkled in here that very much have like a UHF feel to them. Yes. And we'll kind of go over those at the end, I guess. Yeah. Because um it would be hard. This whole thing's gonna be just kind of difficult. I mean, I guess what the the basis is: Guar is for real. Glomco, this evil corporation, who's just any big corporation in the world, USA.
1: Yeah. What do they do? I don't know. They
0: they just want consumers. That's all they really want. And they have like this international board. I think his name's Boss Glam. That's who Jello Biafra plays. Big fat corporate guy, just crappy. Kind of
1: reminded me of the Penguin. Yeah, he did kind of look like the Penguin. <laughs> yeah.
0: But their whole plan is, Guar is a pirate TV station, and they're insanely popular, because they are they are the, the biggest rock and roll band on in, in the planet. They are, yeah. And so corporate America really wants to get into that, that fame and get all those bohabs to buy all their stuff, and... They come up with a plan to basically buy Guar off of their manager, Sleazy P. Martini, which I like the origin that Sleazy tells them
1: of yeah. Guar. Yeah. It's cool getting to see it.
0: Yeah. And the whole, there's not a whole lot of continuity <laughs>
1: when it comes to Guar history, which
0: is perfect for Guar. Yeah. It should just be played it's split, loose. It's yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're constantly, well, we should probably explain Guar.
1: Yeah, I suppose. Not many people know Guar.
0: Guar is a metal band. Started up in the 80s. They are for real, so <laughs> keep that in mind. But there is an excellent documentary. If you really want to get into some good history, it's called Let There Be Gwar. Uh It's also a book, but you can watch the documentary on Shudder. And it's very excellent, and I absolutely cried at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not ashamed to admit it. But yeah, that gets more into the the actual history of the band. But the whole thing is, and they're not a gimmick band. A lot of people view them that way because there's a lot of art performance with what they do. And I like the description in this movie of barbarians from outer space. Yeah. I use that whenever I have to tell anybody who does not know.
1: I've heard you use that. And then I started using that when I do explain it to people. So that's what I also say
0: because people understand those that concept yeah they they kind of get it i'm like they're just they're monsters they're from space but they dress like in armor and stuff and the whole thing is they fight monsters and kill people on stage squirt blood all over the audience it's all very rubbery and not realistic looking you can't take any of it
1: seriously and it's so fantastic
0: no matter the subject matter,
1: because... Yeah, they, they'll they'll kill about anything.
0: Yes, they've killed every president. Does not matter. They have no loyalties. Yeah. It's a lot about drugs, uh, a lot about sexual misconduct. Um, there's a lot of foul things done to <laughs> children. Not so much anymore. They've kind of brought him back. Him is the, I don't know, the fake rubber child they always bring out as a joke yeah damn (laughs) who makes an appearance in this movie does yeah (laughs)
1: um
0: as terrible as it all is the intent is not there to put these things in a spotlight and say yeah this is totally cool yeah it's meant to be bad they're they're more anti-heroes than anything else and they're bumbling dummies they are always on drugs they're just the worst of us, is what Guar is. Uh-huh. I believe it was once said that the whole point is that GWAR just holds a mirror up to humanity and says, this is, this is what you do. This is how terrible you all are, no matter how great you think you are, type of thing. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of uh, pointing out the hypocrisy of religion mm-hmm. and war, things like that. So either you're, you're on, on board and in on the joke or you're not. And they've had many a protest from religious groups and such about what they do. Their, their first movie, Phallus in Wonderland, is based on a real incident where the police had taken Odorous Yurongris's, uh penis, <laughs> known as the Cuttlefish of Cthulhu. <laughs> I have
1: so. never heard about that.
0: Yeah, so that was a thing. Like, they got busted at a show, and it got confiscated. <laughs> and so uh, they put the, made a movie loosely based on that because the morality squad is against Guar and they steal the cuttlefish of Cthulhu. <laughs> we could have watched that one, but that one, like, if you think this one's kind of bad as far as, like, just not having the best of structure yeah. and everything, that one's a little... It's a rougher watch. Huh. <sighs> I just have more history with this. Yeah. (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, Dan here. I'm just interrupting the podcast because I realized that we never really go through the actual members of Guar properly. I'm just stepping in right now and I'm going to go over them with you because it's just you and me now. And Dingo, Palomino, Bronco, Colt. And let's not forget... Carl drums. No, but in all seriousness, let's go through the list. So we have the band's leader and vocalist, Odorous Yorongas. For those who aren't familiar, he basically looks like he's got a face of raw hamburger meat in this, and uh, long hair, has uh, some German-style helmet shoulder pads with big spikes, and I do believe that we do mention the Cuttlefish of Cthulhu, which is basically a big creature dong with big droopy testicles. Next up, we have Beefcake the Mighty, the bassist. Now, Beefcake the Mighty basically looks like some type of Roman centurion, but um, beefier. Absolutely so. And his helmet is extra large. And instead of, say, like feathers or floof on the top, it's just got like a piece of steel beam and spikes coming off of it. Now we have the rhythm guitarist Balsack, the Jaws of Death. Balsack, he's got like some cool goat legs going on. And then also his head is basically like a big giant bear trap. And um he's pretty awesome. Great sense of humor with this guy. Then there's the drummer, Jizmac de Highly underrated, I think, in the world of drumming because Spectacular, but I digress. Jizmac basically has a his head inside of a big rotten dog head type of thing going on, and um just kind of very. He's just got like arm leathery armor with spikes and stuff on it. I mean, he's a drummer. He's got a lot of work to do, so he needs a little more room to maneuver. Flatus Maximus, the lead guitarist, very caveman themed, long dreadlock type hair, red face, uh definitely some triceratops skulls for shoulder pads, lots of bone themed armor type of things. Very cool looking. Then we have Slomancer hymen She does do vocals on some songs, but um her main thing is um she's the token female of the group. The thing is with her, she doesn't take any crap from those boys. On stage, she's known for her work with breathing fire, excellent rump-shaking, dancing type of maneuverings. Then we have Sexecutioner. Um, He's basically around to occasionally sing his song named after himself, Sexecutioner. Other than that, he kind of uh, helps the band out when they fight their foes on stage. Then we have their manager, Sleazy P Martini. I do know that we give a decent explanation of Sleazy P later, so stay tuned for that. And then a minor player in all of this, we have Techno Destructo. He's not really featured in this movie very much, but in the lore of Guar, he's their their nemesis, their foe. Um, His big thing is Guar must die, and he's sent by the master to. Kill Guar, and he's a cyborg. There's been other destructos over the years, but we don't have to get into that here because we got a podcast to get back to. So that sums it up for the members of Guar featured in Skullhead Face. So with that said, back, back to, to the, the podcast. podcast. So yeah, check out a Guar show.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, how many times have you seen them?
0: Um, too many to count. I think I've missed one non-festival show in Wisconsin since 2010, maybe earlier than that, maybe 2008. Jeez, not sure. Yeah. So I've seen them a bunch, and I've also gone to see them in uh, Minnesota, Illinois, and Virginia. Virginia at Barbecue twice. Yeah. Um, I even had my art booth at Barbecue that one year. That was great. That the was last awesome. year that they did one.
1: Yeah. Glad we got that in. Yeah.
0: Um, that was awesome too, by the way. Um, we've gone to Guar Bar. They have a they have a bar in Richmond, Virginia. Worth checking out. It's not huge, but there is cool guar props in there.
1: The food is pretty good too. The food is great. Get the poutine if you go.
0: Yeah. I've even I even ate it naked, drunk, (laughs) and it was cold in the middle of the night, and it was still good. (laughs) Now if that doesn't say if that doesn't food.
1: sell you, <laughs> I don't know what will. Yeah,
0: sorry you had to hear that song. <laughs> I don't care. So yeah, um, that's that's who Guar is. They're great. <laughs> yeah, they really are.
1: Uh-oh. Oh, right, robot parts <laughs> falling apart. Got to screw that back on.
0: Guamco <laughs> wants to own Guar. They've got a plan to commercialize Guar to make a saturday morning cartoon show out of them where they're all cute and have flowers and just it looks like happy friend time it just <laughs> what did you think about the cartoon
1: i love the cartoon cartoon is super funny i i kind of wish there was more of it it was really great i like the way that they were all drawn all cutesy and like that fun like it was kind of like a almost like a really old anime style it was really great
0: yeah and then they've got plushies and they're yeah. t- they're talking about how they're ready. They've got everything set up. They just need Guar because they basically they can't have Guar running about after they own Guar because that's a liability. And I like how they're trying to buy off Sleazy. Yeah. And they keep bringing out more and more money and he's like, "No. It's like Guar is for real, man." Yeah. <laughs> like it's going to take more than that. Oh, it also has the the infamous sleazy line his greatest catchphrase of all time. Yeah. I know. Gwar. <laughs> I'm their fucking manager. <laughs> <laughs> like if I've, I've met him and had like a couple of posters signed by him, and they always say, yeah, I know. Gwar. <laughs> I love
1: that line. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so great. Um, Oh yeah. I missed the, oh God, I gotta go back and talk about the origin. Yeah. Cause he tells the origin of how he, basically his helicopter crashes in Antarctica, and while he's lost in Antarctica, he stumbles upon a weird fortress or whatever, and inside, Guar is frozen, because according to history, Guar was banished to Earth a long time ago by their creator, who is God, <laughs> because they're the scum dogs of the universe. or are just meant to go out and do Terrible things. But then it kind of like got changed to the master, so I don't know what's what. Doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter,
1: it's guar. Yeah.
0: Basically banished to earth millions of years ago. In this sleazy P. Martinis uh disco ball jacket. It's... The the light bouncing off it thaws guar out. And they go after him, but then he gives them cocaine. And they really enjoy it. So they become loyal to Sleazy and then Sleazy turns them into a touring band.
1: That's a businessman, right there.
0: That's right. <laughs> it's Sleazy P. Martini, in case anybody doesn't know, has ridiculously huge Elvis style hair, like just the biggest pompadour ever, and wears like a vinyl pimp outfit.
1: Yeah, he's great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and has like a really cool pencil mustache.
1: Suppose he's getting pretty old now, huh? Huh? He's probably getting pretty old.
0: He's still active. He's got like his own YouTube channel. Yeah, I'm just saying. And like... he like does news stuff. <laughs> makes commentaries <laughs> on commentary on the news. Um, he'll show movies and stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah, like a movie. He does movie host stuff. Yeah, he's he's still active, sculpting and selling art and stuff. But yeah, so he does sign up Guar over. But once he finds out that they want to kill Guar, he's like. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> and Guar comes in, and we have our first action sequence where Guar kills everyone in the boardroom.
1: It's pretty cool. Them all jumping through the ceiling mm-hmm. it actually looks pretty cool.
0: Yeah, lots of odorous butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: you can tell it's intentional too. There's that one shot of the the leader guy, and then you have like odorous squatting right in front of the camera, <laughs> both of his cheeks just out, <laughs> and it's a long take too.
0: Yeah, and they send in security guards. Like I mean you gotta keep in mind too, everything in this is micro budget. Yeah. And I think a lot of it looks pretty good, considering Yeah. You know, like the blood's pretty
1: decent. The sets are pretty good too.
0: Yeah, all things considered, like you have to go in knowing it's gonna be cheap. Yeah. None of this is like pro stuff. And you know, the effects aren't the best. I think. This is probably where you kind of notice the most of, like, the editing feels a little off. Like, some things feel like they kind of, like, are shown a little too long. Yeah. It could have been a little tighter. And if I have a complaint about this entire thing, is that's probably it. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? That's very fair. And, which, I don't know how experienced this director was at the time, I'm sure. I mean, you have a skeleton crew of people pulling this off. Take it for what it is I've seen I've seen worse, but I've also seen you know way worse than that <laughs> it
1: just things because i I feel like a lot of the problems could have been fixed in post.
0: that's true, but you know probably just lack of experience that's all
1: or it's just a schlocky fun thing. it isn't supposed to be that all too serious. It's really not yeah,
0: you just have fun with it the gags, you know like sex executioner shoving a gun in a guy's head. Yeah. An Uzi in a guy's head and then it just him with a head shape like it has an Uzi in it stuffed in it.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: just dumb things like that.
1: I liked uh Balsack taking the big bite out of the guy, biting his like arm off. That was pretty cool. Oh,
0: the guy who uh takes all the credit for the woman's ideas yeah. in the board meeting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of stereotyping in this, which is intentional. Just like how corporate America views people. Mm-hmm. his demographics you know like the country guy wants to give guar a couple of country hits black guy wants him to add some scratching and <laughs> some beats
1: yeah <laughs>
0: but yeah um once things get too intense boss Glamco decides to yeet out of there and while he's in the elevator he freaks out and proceeds to rip off his face in the elevator revealing that he is the titular skull head face which is funny because there's like the size differences <laughs> between the yeah the two are way off and the head on skull head face is ginormous yeah. it just looks like a big pruny raisin skull i do like the eyes in it though
1: i really like the eyes and i like the uh, animatronics and stuff like the eyebrows and stuff it's really emotive
0: it really is for the budget and everything and it doesn't always sync up but yeah it's pretty expressive when it when it's on point.
1: Yeah. Same with like the mouth. I think the mouth was the biggest issue. It didn't really open very far. And it didn't really sync up with the voice that much.
0: I wonder if they had problems at some point. Because there are scenes, a couple scenes where it's working really
1: well. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah.
0: And like, you know, there's lots of good lip movement revealing the teeth. Yeah. And stuff. The sound quality of Skullhead Face is a little lacking. I re- it's always been like that. Like the... The DVD rip to YouTube is probably as good as you're going to get anyway. But yeah, the sound quality was always kind of poor. It's kind of hard to make stuff out sometimes. Yeah. And the vocal effects that they use on Skullheadface Face distort a little too much at times, depending on what's being said.
1: But it's okay, because it usually doesn't... Matter? It
0: doesn't really matter. Yeah. What are you in? What are you in this for, anyways? What are your? What do you need to
1: hear? What what dialogue do you need to hear?
0: (laughs) I do feel like there is some stuff that they couldn't get to Mm. because Skullhead Face is also in contact with Cardinal Sin,
1: who, if you don't know, is like the big bad of of Guar.
0: Yeah, Cardinal Sin has shown up in some stuff. is basically like a giant religious nut mecca.
1: Yeah,
0: like at one point, like smashes through a city and whatnot. And if Gorgor fight
1: him, Gorgor is their T Rex, of course, their giant <laughs> cyborg T Rex.
0: Not at the, t- not at that. Oh, time. that was just when Gorgor later, was straight. Later on, yeah, there was. We're probably getting in the way too much stuff. That's gonna a just, lot of lore, <laughs> a lot of like, yeah, a lot of these things you could probably just look up and find. Honestly, yeah, just, they hint at stuff which gets explained at the end, but. A little explanation of who Cardinal Sin is for anybody who hadn't seen it before might have been nice. Yeah. So I f- think maybe they just didn't get around to it or didn't have the budget to explain it more. But you just know that Skullhead is working for somebody else.
1: It's a bigger plan. Yes.
0: There's a whole lot of guar than just hanging out. There's like um, sexy cooking. Or <sighs> sex executioner is like giving weird recipes as they're all... Hanging out, drinking beer around a table full of body parts. I don't know. I like his apron. <laughs> so I do like, too. I hate housework. Yeah. This is where it starts getting a little stilted in here because, like, you just have your setup and then it's a whole lot of, like, stuff.
1: I feel like it's a lot of stalling for the final battle.
0: It kind of is. The ultimate plan of Skullhead Face working for Cardinal Sin is to steal gismoglobin from Guar. They've been doing it. They do it to Sebastian Bach. It's like stealing the mojo in the Austin Powers movies. You know, you can just take somebody who's cool or whatever, and you can brainwash them into becoming a corporate stiff and then extract a blue liquid from them called jismoglobin, which Skullhead Face is using to just shoot up with and getting high on his own supply type of thing. (laughs) And... The whole plan is that when Cardinal Sin invades, he's going to need all that Jismoglob Glob and the Power of the War Fleet and stuff. And um, they're going to get a lot of it from Guar, apparently. That's the ultimate goal, because they've got the most.
1: They're really cool.
0: Yep. Hell yeah, they're cool. Yeah, they are. Skullhead gets the Assistant Flopsy. I can't remember the name of the plan off the top of my head. It was something for Porno Plan 1 or something. Sends Flopsy up to uh, lure Beefcake the Mighty, and they start playing patty cake in the elevator, (laughs) which is hilarious. Yeah. I like how that's how it goes. It's like, they're going to play patty cake. Yeah. Granted, it gets a little more gross later, but... (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so Beefcake and uh, Flopsy are getting intimate. We should explain that Flopsy has a part of the female anatomy for a face. Yeah and a mouth so you can imagine that they're
1: making use
0: yes they make use of that um hand stuff (laughs) (laughs) there's hand stuff that happens um it's gross it's
1: pretty interesting because beefcake gets his helmet taken off which is weird to see him without it oh you think so yeah i mean like as i've i've seen like the current beefcake or is he still the current beefcake
0: um okay so no the beefcake in this
1: well i'm saying the beefcake that i saw is he still the beefcake now no jeez i know the beefcake title gets uh passed around a lot
0: it does that beefcake is currently blow that beef th-
1: the beefcake in the movie
0: is blow now.
1: now yes okay
0: and the beefcake that replaced him has come back and is current beefcake <laughs> jeez <laughs> um go down just Look up Wikipedia (laughs) sometime and look at the members and who played them.
1: What I was going to say is I saw Beefcake, no makeup on, no costume on two different times. One at barbecue with with his son, like hanging out with his son.
0: Oh, that was I can't even get into it right now. Yeah, that guy, he's long gone.
1: (laughs) Oh, geez, that guy's gone. Anyway, but it's just weird to see them in full costume, but like take off the helmet, stuff like that. That's what really weirds me out. Oh. I see them as two different people. Like I can go back and I can meet, you know, Brent. I can say hi and then see him out on stage and be like, that's a that's, that's pustulous. Yeah. They're just two different people. Oh,
0: so you're saying that you view them as two different people. Right. Like the the person who pretends to play a Guar character and yes. actual Guar character. Yes. Because Guar is for real. Because
1: Guar is for real.
0: Our listeners are going to be so confused. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Family Guar Tree (laughs) side. Yeah, to see him take off the helmet was interesting. Yeah. Um, During this time, Skullhead reveals their plan and has to sing a song about it. About, you know, it's the soliloquy of Skullhead face. And I'm gonna say this. I've never been a big fan of that song. I don't really like it. I mean, I guess i it makes sense when you watch the movie that oh, there's a bigger purpose because a lot of the times their albums will have some type of story loose story to them sometimes, and generally, they like to have like a song where it's about the villain on the album on this one. The villain gets their own song, and I feel this is a good point to discuss the album that's kind of the basis of this uh the album This Toilet Earth and when it came out it was a follow-up to their album America Must Be Destroyed which they were nominated for a Grammy
1: which is crazy
0: it's crazy to think yeah that happened and I don't blame them for thinking this is it we're gonna make it big because you're nominated for a Grammy why would you not think that this is it and they lost it and so they said we'll just make something better and i feel that this toilet earth while there are some great bops on it and there are some really good songs on it as a whole it feels kind of try hard Mm, that's a good way to put it
1: yeah i definitely agree with that because i've gone back and i've listened to that album a couple of times and i just don't really go back to it that often as a whole. Like you said, there are good individual songs that you can take off of it. Great individual songs, but Oh yeah. As a whole.
0: I mean Sadama Gogo is very popular.
1: Yeah, it's one of their most popular songs.
0: And I think the thing too though is that this album was also a lot of people's introduction to Gwar because mm-hmm. they had become more famous. And so it was more of a in the spotlight type of thing. And sure. it got a lot more popular, you know, like there's because of Beavis and Butthead. They were The whole point of the Beavis and Butthead game is that they're going to see Guar. And, you know, Guar's in that game.
1: That's awesome.
0: And, you know, they make Beavis and Butthead references in this movie. So there's a whole lot of like, you know, they were kind of out there. They were on the Beavis and Butthead show as video that they watched. Before that, and this is when I first heard of them, was the show The Idiot Box was on MTV and it was like a sketch comedy thing done by Alex Winter who from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Mm, okay, yeah. Cuz he got into like a lot of directing and writing weird stuff and they had a bit on there which was sacrifice your daughter to guar or your sister or something like that. I didn't think that it was real at the time and I remember thinking if this is real, I need to listen to this band. So I did find them after that and I was a fan clearly ever since. Yeah. And yeah, so they, their popularity had grown and I know, I think this is when your mom and her friends knew of Guar was because of that album. I mean, I'm sure them coming over to our place and watching Skullhead face and stuff probably didn't hurt either. Yeah. And It's the, I'd rather convert somebody to be a guar fan than convert somebody to stop the steal. You know what I mean? (laughs) There's, there's good things you can do with your influence and bad things. Yeah. (laughs) This Toilet Earth, not the hottest of their albums, I'm going to say as a fan. And, you know, I'm also not a, I'm also not a person who says, Scum Dogs of the Universe is the best album, and everything after that is trash, which there are fans that are like that. What a boring, boring take. That was their second album. Is it great? Yes, it's Absolutely. It yeah. stands the test of time, even, but not my favorite album.
1: Not their best either. You don't think so? No.
0: I mean, well, I don't think it's their best either because it's not my favorite. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, there's also a difference between picking your favorite and picking what you think to be the best. I think those are very different ideas. But I also agree. I don't think it's not my favorite. I don't think it's their best. I think it's weird to say it's their best. It's their second album.
0: What do you think
1: is their best? Their best. As that's... far as like,
0: well, how about just your
1: favorite? That's that's even hard. Uh, I usually go with Bloody Pit of Horror.
0: Ooh, excellent choice.
1: I listened to that one a lot in uh, middle school, like early high school. It's great great i i like almost all the tracks on that album so and i like how it has a big flow to it it's a great listen like even if individual songs you don't like as much as an album listen overall it is really really good
0: yeah it it is a good solid play from beginning to end yeah um come the carnivore i think slows it down yes a little bit but then after that it, that entire album i think just explodes mhm and definitely some of the more speedier Of metal on that yeah (laughs) like they there's some great stuff on that for me mine is lust in space
1: great album yeah great story too for that one
0: yes because we didn't mention it on this but it's great that this does come up um Part of Guar's point of this is that they're having a telethon where if they get enough souls and feed them to the world maggot, which is a giant maggot like creature living underneath the earth. If they give it enough souls, it'll have enough energy to break free and go into space because they don't want to be on earth anymore. They're sick of earth. And that's always kind of been the thing is like they're usually too high or whatever to ever achieve success. Yeah, But in Lust in Space, they they do. They get off of Earth. They go back into outer space. And it's a lot of them just talking about space on that album. Yeah. <laughs> Making songs about weird space stuff. And it's great.
1: It's so fantastic.
0: Because I feel that is a very good complementary album to Scum Dogs of the Universe. Only there's some better stuff on it. Mm-hmm. I think just as far as Guar lore and yeah. stuff like that. And, and The just... music
1: is really tight on that album. Oh, it's so good. So, so good. Absolutely great. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Where are we even? We oh, yeah. So we were at the part where Beefcake uh, is brought down into the lair.
0: Oh, yes. And then um, Skullhead Face does the song, the really long song. And there's a whole lot of people dancing like, historical-looking figures and stuff.
1: Yeah, it's really odd.
0: I mean, it kind of goes along with the song, I guess, but um, I guess I never picked up on this before, which is weird considering how many times I've seen it, but they all go behind that curtain, and I just thought it was more like a music video thing, but I didn't realize that there's a thing that happens back there where they all get melded into the flesh column. Oh. Which explains the flesh column later. Yeah, huh. Which... I guess we can get to that because Guar just ends up showing up, right? Yeah. Pretty much. And they have to fight Skullhead Face in the flesh column, which is a big, some type of machine. It's got a shifter on it and stuff. And it's just made up of a bunch of people. Like there's a Viking, there's a army guy, there's a movie star looking lady, just a bunch of people mushed together Uh to make this big, tall thing with like weird fleshy arms and a big giant butt (laughs) that
1: shoots turds out of it yeah that was really funny (laughs) and then skullhead face on top of course
0: oh well skullhead face lured him down because stole beefcake's face just pinned it on his yeah and was like hey guys i'm down here like there's there's midgets down here yeah and they're like oh okay yeah
1: Like when they go to use the elevator and the floors are like secret lab and then it's like second secret lab and then I forgot what the bottom floor was. It was like Orgy something or something like that. <laughs> and they click that floor, not even like any of the secret labs, they just don't even
0: They would they did get like the fun elevator gags Yeah. In there. I like when Odorus is smoking <laughs> and Jismac the Gusher is like, Do you mind? Yeah. <laughs> And just the the boring waiting and the guar music being played as music, and then they fight the flesh column. Yeah, once they get down there, Beefcake does get his face back. And uh, when they're fighting the flesh column, um, they've got like this little industrial tune where it's just like a bunch of mixed stuff and samples and stuff. It's pretty cool, actually. It is really fun. I remember really liking that when I was younger, and you couldn't find it anywhere.
1: Yeah, they did
0: eventually release a lot of that stuff. Well, that's cool. On a hard to find uh Slaves Gone Wild. Where it's just like a lot of stuff, miscellaneous things like that, that they did. Like the, the Sig of You piano <laughs> version. A lot of like outtakes of them just farting around in the studio. Good stuff. Don's Bong is Gone is a fun song. <laughs> but anyway, uh yeah, this fight is pretty cool. It looks like that set probably smelled terrible after. Oh,
1: that. yeah.
0: There's so much blood and just they're slipping all over the place probably
1: all sweaty in those costumes too
0: yeah so they just take turns it's like two at a time fight it and um then there's like a big kind of orifice teethy thing that like hitler's head comes out of yeah (laughs)
1: like
0: almost like a penis yeah and squirts fluids all over odorous and disorients them and odorous gets munched on by the big mouth thing, and he's taken out and it's just kind of like picking them off one by one and there's a couple gags here and there um flopsy dies from interactions with beefcake that we mentioned earlier <laughs> and stuff it's gross but also played as tragic
1: yeah i like that <laughs>
0: So, yeah, like I said, not to be taken seriously. Uh-huh. Um, and if it's just not your thing, don't watch
1: it. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> Skullhead ends up defeating Guar. Yeah. And then they all end up uh getting all their Gismoglobin sucked out of them, which has a strange effect. It does. Because once it gets extracted from them, uh Skullhead ends up transcending into... Her final farm yeah. Who knew? And basically a woman in a space outfit that has like a giant butt head with a butthole on it. Guar <laughs> is all now babies.
1: Uh-huh. They're babies. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Which is great,
1: by the way. I yeah. like them as babies. I like their Just... little costumes.
0: Yeah, it's pretty adorable, it not gonna lie. Man. Those kids probably have kids now. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird to think it's like they're all grown up, have jobs. But I like how they work with like the things that the babies are doing, like crying and stuff. And yeah, <laughs> like the Salmendra one crying about where are my tits? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Skullhead admit having transcended into a higher being has realized that what she did was wrong, and there's only one thing to do. Because Odorous is like, you know, you seemed like you were pretty cool the way you were. And we could have been friends had you just asked. Yeah. <laughs> and so Skullhead decides to return the Jismoglobin to Guar so they can return to their normal selves. And so Blue Goo shoots out of the butthole on the head. <laughs> and They all come back and then Skullhead's looking how Skullhead used to look. Only now we're in like some type of sexy dress uh uh-huh. and then they all decide to have sex with her yeah <laughs> and tear her to shreds in the process and that's basically it the grand finale <laughs> for that yeah um the world maggot <laughs> i think that's the last soul that the world maggot needs and then the world maggot escapes and so guar runs out to catch the world maggot bringing out all their luggage <laughs> So it's just them running through somewhere in Richmond, Virginia, <laughs> in a field by, like, a power plant yeah. or whatever.
1: And they miss it. Just watch it fly away. I like, uh, was it Balsack that pulls out the camera? Yeah. <laughs> just takes a picture of it flying away. <laughs> the-
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody gets a little bit of their character on display here. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess you kind of have to know them, but they don't really do a whole lot. I mean, I guess Beefcake gets a big part. Uh, Executioner does with the sexy cooking. Uh, Flattus Maximus is just there for fart jokes. Yeah. With the weird overdubbed voice. It was weird. Yeah. So I did find out a little something, too, about Ooh, that.
1: Trivia? Mm-hmm.
0: Two different people played Flatus. None oh. of them were the actual person at the time. Weird. The actual Flattus, because that's when he was recovering from a gunshot wound to the stomach. What? Yeah, it's in the documentary. They basically were just driving and like a weird random thing happened on the road. Ended up getting shot. Guar, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. So, not anything that they necessarily did bad. It was just a, more of a victim of a crime. That How crazy. Almost got killed, yeah. Huh. So, in the video for Jack the World, I think it is, which just uses bits from this movie, uh, you can see him with a colostomy bag. Oh. Yeah, which I never knew, but... It's in the, also in the documentary. Let There Be Guar. Check it out. On Shudder. Come on, I know all you dongles have shutter anyway. Yeah. You're watching Joe Bob's Last Drive-In. <sighs> we all are. Come on. Well, I guess we can talk about the commercials. The all parody right. parody commercials in here. Um, Going down the list, um, the first one that, that they have is Turtles the Wonder Dog.
1: I like this one a lot. Explain Turtles the Wonder Dog. All right, so Turtles the Wonder Dog is a lot like Lassie from... Is the show just named Lassie? Yeah. I don't know. I never liked it, but it's like they're... The cute family dog they can talk to and they and it's a quick little brief commercial where it's like the parents' kid goes missing. So they're like, Turtle, can you go find whatever the name of Billy? (laughs) Billy. Go find Billy. Like, is he trapped in a well? And the dog barks and he goes running off and he finds Billy and it's just a mangled corpse. But he still grabs it, brings it back to the parents. And they're just like, oh turtle, like they're just so happy.
0: First appearance of him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what great prop. It's so cheesy. <laughs> yeah.
0: This is like a flat pillow. <laughs> it's <just> Gross. <laughs> Gnarly. <laughs> yeah, that one's pretty funny. Yeah. I like that they made um turtles a pit bull. Uh-huh. Which we all know pit bulls are very nice dogs. They're actually, great dogs, like, yeah. All the ones I've ever met are the biggest sweethearts ever. Uh
1: Any dogs will be evil if they're raised incorrectly. That's true. And that's the problem with a lot of pit bull owners is that they don't.
0: Yeah, because it's that stereotype of it's a cool, tough dog. Yeah, they're they're just friendly. They want some pets. Yeah, they just want some loving. Yeah. Sometimes dogs just have bad dispositions. It's like people, though, too. I mean, but no particular dog breed is just mean chihuahuas okay i take that back (laughs) yeah just chihuahuas anyways next on our list and um probably my favorite lawn jockey
1: (laughs) this one is like topically funny too still sadly
0: yes it sadly is because um lawn jockey is it's like a movie i guess it's supposed to be um the best way to describe it is how they describe it in there. Uh, Find out what happens when a family of white supremacists fires their black maid. I love it. She's just like, fuck y'all. Yeah. (laughs) And then it's like, find out what happens when she's really a voodoo high priestess. (laughs) So then she's like, it's like her doing some ritual in front of the, the family's just extremely racist looking lawn jockey. Like they really, yeah. They really made it look bad. <laughs> and then, um, then it cuts to, like, a, detect- a couple detectives. And I don't know one guy. Like, he's trying not to laugh. I don't know how many takes they made of this. But he's like, I don't know. It's almost as if they've been bludgeoned to death by this lawn jockey. <laughs> and it's just a lawn jockey and, like, the lantern's all bloody. Yeah. <laughs> and It's like, the lawn jockey. See him before he sees you, and that's kind of how it's delivered too. Like, yeah, this is yeah. very weird.
1: It's super funny. It's great.
0: uh I also threw in uh, Sleazy P's charity work. I
1: love that bit too. Yes, because
0: I figured like it's not. It's weird because it kind of works into the story slightly, but not
1: really. Not at all because it never gets brought up again. But
0: yeah, so Sleazy P is like, yeah, you know, like I I do charity for Guar. And so he goes to the Center for Missing and Sexploited Children, which saying that out loud on a podcast is like probably going to get us flagged for something. (laughs) And none of this in a real life scenario would be funny. Mm -hmm. We don't condone any. None of it. None of it. But in this context, it's funny.
1: Super funny.
0: Uh, so he goes in and it's like a bunch of, uh, uptight old Betty looking mom types in there. And, uh, the ones talking about how it's just like the, the merger between Guar and these moms is like such a great thing. And that like Guar could like come help them out cause Sleazy gives them a check. Yeah. And then, uh, two of the Guar slaves come out, which the Guar slaves are just like, they're henchmen yeah you know that's why it's called slave pit tv and everything because that's just their thing it's not it's not what you're thinking about slaves it's totally not that the fact that i even have to say that feels weird yeah it's usually just white dudes in weird diapers
1: (laughs) it's very weird and masks yeah (laughs) lots of butt cheeks hanging out
0: lots of butt cheeks yeah they basically hook everything up when they're doing their shows
1: Which is a great explanation Mm -hmm. for their stage show. Yeah. It's a good thought they put into that.
0: Because they're real. Totally real. Definitely Um, real. Probably from outer space as well. Likely.
1: They look the part. Who knows? Act like it too.
0: Yeah, so they bring out, um, oh, was the check presented by him? Because this is where him comes out. Because they bring out the little tiny coffin, and they open it up, and they're like, yeah. (laughs) And then it's like, the lady's like, that's my Bobby. And then. (laughs) they reunite him comes out and goes over to the mom and just bites her and then it's got like blood going down the drain and the checks in there. that what does what sleazy say like he because he picks up the check oh, and puts right. it in his coat pocket yeah. and he's like don't ever let him say i'm a bad guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> even though i'm not or whatever yeah um it's a funny bit I, yeah, I, I did like that one. <laughs> some lady. I don't know her, her. Her delivery is great.
1: It is. It's really good.
0: Uh, next up is more beer, which starts off as a typical uh, early '90s beer commercial, and they say like food, fun, babes, <laughs> tits, tits, because and, and it's like girls getting sprayed with water and like. Stripping down to their bikinis while dudes eat hot dogs and they're drinking beer, and then it's like life's not like that.
1: <laughs> Life is lame.
0: <laughs> you need alcohol. <laughs> you need more beer. <laughs> and I like to because there's a there's like a throughway through this entire thing of a guy who's just watching the TV. I guess we didn't mention that either, yeah. but it doesn't it doesn't matter. Beer's fine. Anyways, uh, yeah, he ends up like slicing his wrist and he's like dead on the couch but his friend comes over and starts watching tv too and so during this more beer commercial in the commercial more guys come into that apartment with more beer yeah and they're on the tv while they're watching the tv
1: (laughs) it's really meta it's awesome
0: (laughs) (laughs) and then um yeah i really like that commercial that one's fun yeah because, I don't know, that was very much how commercials were, then. <laughs> just the just cheesiness of it. So they really nailed that one, and then got to the reality of it, which, yeah. <laughs> um, Next up, another good one, I think. Um, there's no real explanation of what's happening. There's just some goofy music and a bunch of kids, like teenage boys running out, and... They're doing something, and then they roll out a big, uh, like, slip and slide type thing, and they masturbate. <laughs> it's not explicit. It's just more like, you know what's happening. Yeah. And you see the result. And, uh, yeah, so they go sliding on it while mom and dad come out and sit in lawn chairs and cheer them on.
1: Oh, also the slip and slide is the shape of a penis. Yes.
0: Too. And it's sperm and slide. <laughs> And the parents get splashed with it and they're all like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That one is
1: super funny. It's super, super funny. Great gross hot humor.
0: Yeah. That's it. That's it's hard to follow that up, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) How do you go from sperm and slide to anything else other than um I guess how we say movie to rate it and whether or not we'd recommend, unless there's anything else you'd like to add.
1: I liked a lot of the gore. The gore was pretty good at times. Yeah, I forget who it was, but someone like crushed someone's face.
0: Oh, like, an autorest. Like, and he's like squishy. Yeah,
1: squishy. yeah. Squishy.
0: Yeah,
1: that was pretty good. That was probably the best gore in the the movie.
0: Oh, there's a couple good ones when um sleazy sticks the dude in the eye with the switchblade.
1: That was pretty good too. Yeah,
0: because it was in the strobe light, which helped like hide probably any of the weirdness of it. Yeah sex executioner ripping open that head was pretty good that was good too
1: yeah i like that i love that part uh when it cuts to beefcake and he's like what does he say he says like delicious or something like that
0: (laughs) beefcake has some pretty funny lines in this yeah i do i do like it uh definitely more of the clown character yeah lots of good physical comedy acting from beefcake
1: yeah, I mean, what I like about this movie a lot is that you can tell it's a lot of funny guys, all the members, you can tell they're all funny guys, mm-hmm. and everyone surrounding them are really funny people, and you can tell something like this was just a fun idea that they had. They had just enough money to do it, they had just enough time, and...
0: Allegedly, allegedly, I'm gonna say, okay, from what I read on Wikipedia, that this was intended to get released in theaters. What? and the MPAA was like this is NC17 and there's no way you can cut this to
1: an R rating. That's NC17. <laughs> that is not NC17. It's hey,
0: it's a matter of content. I don't know how this would go now. I mean, you can definitely show more penises and things in movies these days. Yeah. Um they it's just the MPA now as of recent, but I feel like they probably still are trouble, but also I feel like they've lightened up. Definitely. Yeah. So that's good, I guess. But I don't know.
1: But yeah. Overall, I'd say that, well, it's hard to say movie to this because it doesn't really feel like one. It feels like a special. It's it like, kind of is. Yeah. It's like a Guar special. There's a, a loose, very loose plot just connecting set pieces and funny bits. But overall, I would say this is this is a movie. It's fun,
0: yeah, I'd, I'd say it's a movie too, you know, that's the same for the same reasons. Now, I once call it a special, but I don't think you're wrong with that. It's um, it never feels like a traditional movie, yeah. It's more of a when this was out, you would get it where the music videos would be located mm. in your local music store, yeah. You know, you wouldn't get it at the movie store, it would be in a music store, so it felt more like a fun departure cuz normally before that they had released a couple of uh just them live concert mm. things and maybe with like a bit or something thrown in there. I mean I guess Fallows in Wonderland is a lot like this. Just feels a little bit less coherent if that's even believable, <laughs> I guess, but this one's definitely I feel better quality. So there's that. I mean, they definitely learned over time. Yeah, there's not any like super horrible blue screen in this one. Mm. Some really, but yeah, they never really did anything like this afterward, except for It's Sleazy, where Sleazy P Martini has a Jerry Springer style talk show, which is pretty fun. I have that one on VHS as well. I did lend it to a friend, and he had another coworker sit down with them, and they went to watch it, and they only made it so far in. And it wasn't very far, and they got too grossed out. Weak. Yeah. And they were like, what did you make us watch? And they never looked at me the same ever. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, It's sleazy's pretty fun. Um, It's a lot of, like, just people in the audience wearing fun character masks from shows and stuff. Mm. And then it's kind of like a guar show within that premise because you know they'll like play songs they fight the jaeger monster and that mm. which is pretty fun i don't know if you've ever seen that one
1: but sounds really familiar
0: yeah it's pretty cool it's kind of like a jackalope creature that squirts the Jaegermeister out of it fun stuff i recommend that as a viewing as well i recommend this movie if you know if you watch it with someone else probably not the most fun watch by yourself i guess yeah um Don't go into it expecting a lot of story or anything. I mean, we probably did a terrible job describing it. Don't care. (laughs) Whatever. Because if you heard me say that, sucker, (laughs) you made it all the way through this, and we spent more time talking about it than the actual movie itself.
1: Yeah. Which, yeah, the movie isn't very long.
0: No. Yeah. It's about an hour, I'd say. I think the thing also um stay tuned after the credits yeah because there's a there's a bit
1: there is an mcu post credit scene that's right surprisingly so
0: we all know where they got
1: it from Mm-hmm. It's like, stole from guar
0: as all things
1: are yes
0: all great things are stolen from guar so give them your money sacrifice yourself to guar see him live in concert yeah if you've survived as many times as i have i don't know what's wrong with me <laughs> i don't know why i don't get killed plenty of people do
1: I'm eight concerts deep. I still haven't been killed. What a shame. <laughs> to be sacrificed by Guar.
0: Yeah, well, you know what? Maybe, you know, it's like uh, what that guy says in the Cabinet of Curiosities episode we watched. Where life is just a conveyor belt. Yeah. All leading in the same destination, and it's just a matter of what time you fall off.
1: <laughs> what time do you get to Slave Pit and... Get sacrificed. That's
0: right. Because they even said perhaps there's two world magnets.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Gonna take a while to get all those souls built up. But that's all I have for it.
1: Well, Dad, do you wanna lock plasma turrets on Target? <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, speaking of which, lock your plasma turret on T public. Oh! Get yourself a cool t shirt. Because <laughs> we got them. Contact us. Let us know what your favorite Guar album is. Yeah. There's a couple ways to do it. You could start off by sending us an email.
1: Where would that be at?
0: Corrupted Youth Pod at gmail.com.
1: G-mail come. Come, come, come. Come, come,
0: come. Join us in the dongle den. Show us some memes. Come on. Bring your memes.
1: It's mostly cool people there.
0: Yeah. The Only the coolest. You want to be cool, don't you?
1: Mm hmm cool like us
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. snort some dongle then on facebook
1: you want to get high don't you <laughs>
0: uh thanks to our listeners the dongles
1: that's you guys
0: yeah you're listening right now
1: yeah if you're hearing this you're a dongle it's
0: already too late yeah no going back nope you're already there and um other than that uh thanks to our fellow podcasters for your support hang in there dongles bye
1: Dead you come, Rob Dead You Corrupt! dead you Comrade, dead you're